Welcome to Diamonds, Dugouts, and Days. The podcast is presented, as always, by Under the Light Sports and Entertainment. We are Lethbridge's only baseball podcast featuring stories from on the field and in the dugout. I'm your host, Tony Days. I have a little bit of a different setup going on for this episode. And, uh, well, what can I say? It's going to look and sound this way for a while now. Obviously, COVID-19 has changed our normal every day. We're going to keep adapting in an effort to bring you some quality entertainment so it is what it is i hate that saying but you know what even that saying is what it is uh, in stadium speak today the 2021 lethbridge bowl schedule has been released we're getting new signings every week and we are so excited to bring you the 2021 season after a year of no baseball now with that the bulls have partnered with the pba and little league alberta district one it is a cash for christmas 50 50 draw with a potential prize of 10 thousand dollars get your tickets now at rafflebox.ca slash raffle slash lethbridge bowls um, i'm hoping we can get that up on the screen but if you can't here it is one more time so get your pen rafflebox.ca slash raffle slash lethbridge bowls all right your chance to win 10 large all right, enough about us. I'd like to introduce our guest, former Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, Shane Dawson Jr. Now, Shane, just to give you a little bit of a background, he was the first 17-year-old to play for the Kelowna Falcons of the West Coast League. He also played for the Prairie Baseball Academy for a short time while attending Lethbridge College. He was selected in the 17th round of the 2012 Major League Draft by the Toronto Blue Jays. Had an impressive career with the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. Posted a 2-1 record, 2.35 ERA, 35 strikeouts, and just over 30 innings played. Now, since then, Shane has played for the Bluefield Blue Jays, Vancouver Canadians, and Lansing Lugnuts, where he was named a Midwest League All-Star. He was also named to the Canadian national team at the Pan American Games, where he won gold along with the team. Absolutely honored to introduce Shane Dawson, JR. Shane, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Lansing Lugnuts, hey, that is such an interesting name. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's an even uh, more interesting logo, if you believe it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a great city, and it, uh, you know, treated me and my teammates well. That's good. Everybody's got to play for a team that has just an outlandish name like the Lugnuts, I think. That adds a little little color to your history, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of them might have. Yeah, you played for the Prairie Baseball Academy here in Lethbridge for a short while. Um, so just a, a two-pronged question here. First, just kind of curious how you found the program and, um, you know, did your time at the academy, obviously it helped grow your skills a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm assuming um, it, it's, it's a great mix and this is exactly what it's supposed to be, um, both on the field and off the field as you, um, as you attended Lethbridge College. Yeah. Um, so I went to a MLB uh, scouting bureau event that was hosted in Okotoks uh, by Walt Burroughs, who's uh, a scout for the Minnesota Twins. And I think there were a handful of college coaches there. And um, the PBA head coach, Todd Hubka, was, was one of them there and uh, got the opportunity to throw in front of him and a couple scouts and talked with him after the event. Really liked uh, how my arm worked and what he saw. And uh, conversations went from there. And he monitored me through the season um, and offered me a, a spot to play at PBA, whether it was a JV or varsity, that was something I had to earn during the school year. Um, and during that time, you know, I think my time at PBA was, was 
pretty valuable to, to what I accomplished in baseball. I think, you know, going into PBA as a 17 year old kid and, and leaving as an 18 year old man who knew how to, how to work the right way, how to handle himself on and off the field and, and how to be part of a, a brotherhood with lots of different personalities um, seven days a week. And I think uh, it was a, it was a really good building block for me to, to play there and then go into professional baseball and, and be ready for, for any situation that came my way, whether it was playing with guys who didn't speak the same language as me, you know, getting in the weight room consistently and, you know, the attention to detail and the craft that, uh, that uh, took place every single day. So I would assume that, I mean, obviously with the Prairie Baseball Academy, the, you know, the, um, the coaching staff that has been in place for years now, for almost since its inception has been um, a stellar coaching staff. And, and that, of course, helps uh, the process of, of learning what you learn. But I would imagine that, and, and you know, you're from Fort McMurray, which is, which is not that much different than Lethbridge. But I think Lethbridge is also kind of one of those places that offers just the right amount of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not too big to get into trouble, but it's just big enough to get into a little bit of trouble if you want to, right? Like it's a nice size. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's a fun place to be. And, uh, you know, I know myself and some of the other uh, athletes that I played with didn't get to as, into as much trouble as we would have liked possibly. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think PBA does it the right way where, you know, they let the players have a little bit of a leash to go have fun and live their college life, but uh, to also let them understand that they're there for a reason. And that's to play college baseball and, and get ready to move on to, to the next path, whether it's a different school or to play professionally or just to get ready for the workforce. Uh, just out of curiosity, what were you taking at the college? I was taking general studies, but my plan was to uh, get the classes to transfer into education i wanted okay. to be an english teacher at the time okay so that's obviously changed yeah <laughs> don't be an english teacher anymore <laughs> no no i don't i don't uh i don't want to go back to school for four more years i think uh <laughs> yeah i don't want to be, be on the probationary contract as a 30 year old man <laughs> uh now talk a little bit about your 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 baseball career i mean you have you have played at almost every level possible, um, including, I mean, it was a, right, it was a quick stop and, and, uh, but, but it was a stop in, in the majors. You, you did play a game, albeit an exhibition one, but um, the highlight of, of your career is, is what, if you had to go back and uh, pick one yeah. or two highlights? I think if I had to pick two, I think the first one would uh, be playing for Team Canada for the first time. Um, it was an unbelievable honor and something that I'd wish I'd got to do earlier. Um, but, you know, it was, it was definitely a big honor to play uh, for Team Canada under Greg Hamilton, Ernie Witt, Larry Walker, uh, Stubby Clapp, and, and Paul Quantrill. It was a really, really big honor to play for them. And, you know, to play with uh, the teammates that I played with who um, had big league time but acted like they knew me their whole life. Right, guys that had played 10, 15 years in the big leagues treating me like they knew me, you know, like we've known each other forever. Um, and getting the opportunity to, to win gold with them and, you know, stick it to the U.S. every once in a while, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it felt pretty good. And it was a pretty unbelievable experience. It, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great to be able to, And it was also in Toronto. So to be able to do it in front of my family. Um, nice. 
And then I think probably the other one would be playing in Montreal against the, the Boston Red Sox and, you know, facing the first guy I faced was somebody who I idolized pretty much my whole baseball career was David Ortiz. Um, getting to face him and giving up a double to him. And <laughs> that was his, uh, his last spring training at bat of his career. And so everybody cheered him off the field as he walked off the field, 50,000 people giving him his claps and I'm on the mound just trying not to let the nerves get to me. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was really unbelievable to be, to be part of that. And that was kind of my first taste of what the dynamics of a, a big league clubhouse was going to be like. And, uh, and what, what the big league, what the big league game is like, how fast it is, how smart it is. So I would say those two are probably my most memorable experiences. Not too many people sound proud when they say they gave up a double, but I, I totally get what you're saying in that one. And, and sometimes it's just, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you're from Fort McMurray, obviously, you know, you, you had a, a, a great um, road up and up until the draft and, and through until the, the exhibition game, but as you're standing on the mound and you're looking around and you see David Ortiz at the plate and you're looking around the stadium in Montreal and you're wearing a Blue Jays uniform and it's a big league game. Um, it's like surreal almost, right? It's kind of like you probably had one of those pinch me moments. Um, I think I was more nervous in the bullpen coming into the game than I was when I got on the field. Um, because in the bullpen is the anticipation of, of coming into that situation that I think you know, really gnaws at you more so than actually being in it, you know, yeah. standing on the mound and pitching to a hitter. I've done that a million times in my life, whether it was uh, David Ortiz or, or Billy from Fort McMurray. Um, but at but the same did time, Billy you know, get a double off you though? <laughs> uh, every once in a while, Billy'd run into one. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not at the rate that David Ortiz did, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, after I threw that first pitch and I got strike one, uh, you know, it just, it turns into the same game that, that I've practiced at that point, probably 20 years for. Um, and, you know, kind of my thought process is I've put in all these, these hours in this time to, to get myself to this position. Now, why would I be uncertain of my abilities? Why would I feel nervous? That's awesome. That's a, yeah, that's a great attitude, man. Everybody should have it. Right. And most granted, most athletes do, but you know, I, I think it's, it's, that's definitely something that you have to talk yourself into. Uh, I think more often than not. Um, one of the things I want to touch on in 2013, uh, you were playing in Vancouver and you suffered an, I believe it's an infraspinatus uh, muscle um, is what was affected is something in the rotator cuff. So I guess, mm. obviously I'm, I'm, you know, the farthest thing from a doctor ever, but um, talk a little bit about what that injury uh, meant to your rotator cuff, which obviously is a big deal for a pitcher and obviously um, how that affected your, um, your pitching career. Yeah. Well, if it means anything, I'm no doctor either, but uh, <laughs> as far as I understand it, um, the infraspinatus muscle is one of the main rotator cuff muscles. I think it's the one that uh, are like the brakes for your arm. So after you release the baseball, um, it's like driving a car with no brakes. If you don't have brakes, you're going to crash into a wall. Right. I think that's kind of how, how, it works within the rotator cuff is I was putting all this force uh, and exerting all this force into my elbow. Um, and now I, I lost the brakes for my, for my vehicle that I'm driving. So all okay. that force was being put into my elbow 
uh, in ways that obviously isn't what we want. Right. Um, so I came up with uh, a UCL sprain um, and kind of fought with it for the rest of my career. Um, 2013 was the year I was throwing the hardest. Uh, as a 19-year-old, I think I was hitting 93 every two games probably. Nice. Um, and then from then on, from that injury, I think the highest I ever touched was 91. Um, so, you know, I had to do a lot of soul searching uh, to figure out, number one, is baseball something I wanted to con continue doing? Because every time I threw a baseball, it hurt. Um, and then once I kind of decided, you know, I put all this time and effort into this, I'm going to see it through, uh, kind of whether it destroys my body or not. Um, you know, it was just finding ways to still be able to compete. And, you know, it, it helped me adapt into a better pitcher, I think, a smarter pitcher, learning how to use different pitches more. Uh, mm -hmm. more often kind of sequence things better um you know change eye levels change speeds things like that i think it helped me develop uh into a better pitcher i think it was a, a blessing in disguise to a certain point i mean not being able to throw as hard as you used to kind of sucks but um, i mean it breeds ingenuity not having everything you used to yeah absolutely so and i know this is a tough question to to answer but it take that injury out of the picture um, different, um, would you be in a different spot right now? Um, it's tough to say. I mean, the competitor in me says, yes. Uh, the competitor in me says, you know, give me another year, um, after the Blue Jays released me and I would have found a way. Yeah. Um, that's just how I feel. I always felt like I was a big leaguer. I wouldn't have been doing it if I didn't. I wouldn't have spent seven years in the minor leagues trying to achieve my dream if I didn't think I was a big leaguer. Well, and, and so there it goes. I mean, you know, you talk about it, you were, you were drafted in 2012, uh, the injury in 2013, uh, released by the Blue Jays in 2018. So um, I guess this is one of those things where, where you can walk away from it. And what if questions suck, right? There's no question. What if is a, is a question that nobody should ask themselves because you don't know. Um, but I think for you, um, you can walk away saying, you know what, I, I gave it my best shot. Like whatever happened, injury or whatever, um, I put in my time, I put in the effort, um, my attitude was good, I did everything I needed to do, and I gave it a fair shot, and now I can walk away and not wonder what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it probably makes it easier that it was most likely out of my control, this injury. Um, as far as I understand it, when I had conversations with team doctors, there's not much that uh, I really could have done. Um, you know, I'm still going through the process now of trying to figure out exactly what happened uh, yeah. with the injury. Um, and, you know, I, as much as I didn't achieve my goal, I'm still very happy with, with the process. I think, you know, I learned a lot of things along the way. I made a lot of my best friends along the way. Um, and I learned a lot about myself. So I think, you know, whether or not I achieve the ultimate goal of being a big leaguer, I still think there was a lot of value in just going out and trying to be a big leaguer and enjoying the process along the way. Absolutely. So obviously you're not an English teacher. Um, what are you, uh, what are you doing these days? Um, I am the lead instructor at a baseball academy in Spruce Grove. Uh, it's called the Parkland Baseball Academy, uh, Parkland Twins Baseball Academy. Um, we have kids ranging from sixth grade to 12th grade. Uh, my goal is to try and push them onto post-secondary 
uh, schools with the opportunity to play baseball. So actually one of our 12th graders this year is going to be moving to PBA uh, come September, 2021. So my goal is to help them now try to achieve their dream, whether it's playing at the big league level or playing college baseball or finding the right school that'll help them uh, get ready for the, for the real world outside of baseball, I guess I'll put it. Dude, that is a way better job than an English teacher. <laughs> you got way uh, less parents that you have to deal with in your job, I think, right now. So yeah, absolutely. A good thing. <laughs> I mean, my sister's, my sister's an English teacher, so I have a good comparison. So we can yeah. talk about that stuff, and I, can, I know how easy I got it compared to someone like I was going to say, she tells you all the horror stories, and you're going, all right, good. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy my job better. Yeah. Um, best advice you can give to, I mean, you know, you talk about whether it's a small town kid, whether it's a, a big city kid, but um, you know, uh, some, some advice that you would give anybody who thinks, um, you know, I want to make it to the majors. So what do they have to do? What does the mindset have to be? Give them some, give them some rolls of wisdom. Um, I would say the first thing is at a young age, play every sport you can. Um, I think there's too many people who, who try to specialize their kids in one sport at such a young age um, and a lot of those kids are coming up with sports specific injuries mm -hmm. um, non non-translatable athletic movements I think the more sports you play the easier it will be to adjust when you have to make an adjustment um, and I think uh, you know just just finding your passion and and really going after it whether it's baseball or any other sport or art, music, whatever, and finding what works for you and just put as much effort into it as possible. Um, you know, there's a saying that I really liked once I got to pro ball that I heard a lot more was uh, work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really pay attention to the, to the quality of the reps instead of the quantity. It doesn't matter if you take a thousand ground balls and 50% of them are butchered. It doesn't make you a better baseball player. I'd rather yeah. you take take 100 with 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 laser focus and really execute what you're trying to perform and have something that you can do every single day that uh that will make you better bit by bit that's good great stuff uh before i let you go uh one more question i want to take you back to the recent world series um tampa bay uh versus la um kevin cash still taking a little bit of abuse for yanking Blake Snell in the fifth with the meet the order coming up. And, and I know that it's right. Everybody's talked about it ad nauseum, but I want to get, um, and this is why I wanted to ask you because everybody's talking about analytics versus trusting your gut. Right. And mm. for whatever reason, like, you know, we we've heard both sides of the argument and I wanted to get a pitcher's point of view. Um, so where do you stand on analytics versus your gut? Well, as a player, I feel like if you try to say that you wouldn't be mad, I think you're lying if you were that player getting pulled out of that game. Um, especially as a franchise player, you know, you want those situations bared on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as, as a coach and as an organization, there's a certain, at a certain point, you have to understand what got you to that position in the first place. And for them, I think it was the analytics side that got them there. Um, and I think, you know, to me, there is comfort in, in living and dying by the sword that you choose. You know, I think 
if, if that's how you, you want to play out your season and that's how you want to play out all the postseason, and then to try and change it in one game would kind of be uh, – it would just be a disservice to, to your organization and everything that you built up to. I think, um, you know, why would you change everything that you've done to get to that point um, in that one instance just because somebody else tells you to? So let me ask you this then, because I think this is where a lot of it comes into too. Um, it, put yourself into into Snell's shoes for a second. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, would you, knowing everything that's on the line, and this I think had something to do with it too, not that not that Cash doesn't believe him, but would Snell say he was a little better than than maybe he was just because he wanted the ball at that time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've talked to it a lot with, with my friends, with other baseball players. Like I said, if that was my mom coming to take me off the mound, she'd have to fist fight me. Like to <laughs> me, that's like, that's my game. Right. And I'm sure there's lots of athletes who feel that way. Um, but you know, the cash has the numbers to back them up. And that was just one of the instances where, where it didn't work out for them. Snell, I think passed uh, or the third time through the lineup had a six and a half ERA whereas the guy who got brought in had a 1.5 ERA. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, logistically, it makes sense to, to take him out of the game. But me, I would want to leave him in there. That's what I'm paying him that, that money for, the big bucks, is to yeah. keep him in games for that situation. So, damned if you do, damned if you don't, I think. Yeah, tough call, eh? Yeah. And I should probably point out that no mothers were harmed in the recording of this <laughs> So, I just wanted to get there. Uh, Shane, I really want to thank you for joining us today and giving us a sneak peek, uh, not only um, into your uh, brief stop into the big leagues, but also in your, um, it's been, it's been interesting to, to get to know you as, as, you know, as a person, not only as a baseball player. So uh, I want to thank you and I want to wish you uh, all the luck in whatever, uh, whatever the future holds for you, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, all the best, Shane. Uh, to learn more about Shane Dawson Jr., go check out his Twitter page, at DawsonJR23. Now, this week, we don't have a lot going on in player development as the COVID-19 pandemic has put, well, it's put a pause on our operations at the moment. But if you want to stay informed on what's going on with the PBA, you can check out their website, prairiebaseball.ca, and you can follow all of their social media at Prairie Baseball. Thank you for joining us for Diamonds, Dugouts, and Days, the podcast. Our next episode is going to be out on Thursday, December 17th. We're going to be talking to former Lethbridge Bowl, Logan Bexton. That's coming up December 17th. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Tony, and we're going to see you in a few days.